0: about this draft if all we're going to do is talk about free execution in a trade that we to take. we'll talk about the draft it no I'll let you it's I'll terrible you. content i'll let you open it I'm uh, not. i don't want to i won't you can open it. no i'm not i am just telling you you can talk about that but there's no point it has nothing to do with the draft it has nothing
1: you're right trading first round pick has nothing to do with the draft you're
0: right you're right a month ago a month ago it, people don't care about the Brandon Cooks thing It's gone over with They want to talk about the DN they got from Youngstown State They want to talk about Garcia, the left tackle They know what Brandon Cooks is The draft's about not knowing what you have And, and thinking that you might have something great Not talking about a trade that happened a month and a half ago Alright, let's record
1: I'm sick, I'm sick of this
2: already oh, I've been recording I
1: have yes, been
3: recording thank God. I, I, B-roll. Just,
2: just roll right into it, man Just start
3: Well, no, you've got to release that in a deep cuts track to the the league or something. (laughs) Uh, Are you guys ready? Me me and Adam might have to carry it just with our mutual love and adoration for each other's takes.
2: That's fine. We can have our own conversation. This will be fun. Oh, you guys. You know what? This is what made Fleetwood Mac a great band. (laughs)
1: <laughs> which uh, one stevie nicks uh marcus he's the bitch
3: <laughs> oh jesus which was there a racist member of
2: fleetwood mac because <laughs> like luke and his boston things would fit that to a T. it's true I don't know. I can't even name another member. <sighs> all right, the, the fat guy him. with the mustache.
3: Yeah, you, you, Burris. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> that guy's six. Yeah, you're
1: the you're the only one in this this quad that can grow a mustache. So, all right, if I can grow one. It just is brutal. Exactly. Well,
2: are you guys ready? I don't know. Is Mark done texting on his iPhone too? I think Mark's ready. All right,
1: ready. Three, two, one. And welcome to an already contentious episode sixty of the Neverending Glory podcast. I'm your host Luke Grilly. I'm here with uh, Jerry and the fiery Mark, and of course his older brother Sean Z. We're talking all things NFL draft. No trades, only NFL draft picks here on episode sixty Neverending Glory podcast.
2: Gentlemen, how you guys doing tonight? Wow, this caved already. This is this is contentious. Uh, we we should. Probably let the listeners know this thing started off hot. Looking at the uh, the outline, um, there's there's a there's a little contentions contentiousness about uh, the outline and where we should go with tonight's. Draft podcast. Apparently, apparently, I'm not allowed to talk about trades so, that impacted Super Bowl champion New England Patriots,
1: but that's fine. I mean, they only included the first round pick. But I love your, way, your, third round your pick.
2: way of not bringing things up is to bring them up and say that I'm not allowed to talk about. It. It's a very Donald Trumpian way of uh, talking, and I kind of like it. But uh, we'll see if we can we can round this thing out and get back into it at the end. But we should stick with what brought us here, and that's that's draft talk, and that, that affects the Cleveland is. Brownies. Yeah, I mean,
0: and Brandon Cooks was traded to the Patriots when Andrew Jackson died back in 1845. (laughs) So, I mean, we got plenty of time. Ooh, topical. Yeah, it's it's like we could talk about it. It's it's good stuff. Let's roll.
1: Yeah, well, no, let's just talk about your god-awful, pathetic excuse of a football team. Actually, for once, not messing up and taking – uh, edge rusher, Miles Garrett, instead of Mitch, the bitch Trubisky. Um, Sean, I'll let you roll with this one. I mean, obviously the Browns had a pretty good pick. Not only did they have the first pick overall, but they also have the 12th pick overall, which they eventually traded back to the Houston Texans. Um, and the Texans moved up to take Deshaun Watson. Can we talk about, we can talk about that trade, right? I think that's okay. But yeah, it was uh, in the confines of the
3: draft. Hey,
0: so, yeah. so, hey well, I'm, I'm lost here. So they like, moved back to like, 25 wait.
1: to take Jabril Peppers. So, you know, Jabril Peppers came in with a lot of uh, question marks due to cloudy urine. Um, I guess we oh, all whoa, got cloudy whoa, whoa, urine whoa, whoa.
2: not cloudy.
1: Diluted, diluted. In, we all got cloudy urine like,
3: So we be doing the stuff that Jabril was doing. But <laughs> l- l- like, I mean, I've pissed like green before from
1: drinking too much alcohol. So what's the difference? <laughs> Good point. Well, but you also weren't there for the NFL Combine. But anyways, um, I, I Sean, eat beets now. I, when you eat beets, your 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 poop is like red.
3: Yeah, I've, oh, had, a, really I've weird, had some right?
2: serious asparagus pee before. I don't think that would get me through a drug test. Right. I thought I was
1: dying the first time I ate a beat. But anyways, Sean, <laughs> tell me about... Tell, tell me about the Browns' first-round picks. Like I said, they had the first overall pick, and they moved back to 25 to take Jabril Peppers. I mean, they obviously went defense-defense here. What are your thoughts on it? Did they make the right move? I, I Personally, I liked what they did a lot. Um, I, you know, I, there, there
3: was probably originally I would have loved O.J. Howard or Malik Hooker at 12, but the, the more that I've looked at it and how they've kind of continued to, to have equity into the following year and always given themselves options – and then the, the fact of the matter is they still pulled three premium talents uh, from day one. And I, I would say a couple flyers over the next couple days after that between, you know, obviously Kaiser, uh, what is it, A o- uh the defensive tackle, and then Caleb Brantley. And, and they made, uh, what was it, Howard Wilson, Mark, is the other corner that they moved up for? Yes. So I, they've got some guys that, you know, after day one, if you hit on two, two of the five or six that they that they took, um, then it's then it's a raving success for a draft. I think you know what you get when with when you have Garrett. You just he stays healthy. The sky's the limit. Peppers is is the one where you know on some boards he was rated really high. On other boards, uh, you know, he maybe wasn't rated as highly. Uh, I think the Browns like what they got a lot. They love the versati- versatility. And Njoku is, is the more you kind of watch and read about him and then you, you kind of look at his bend compared to O.J. To Howard's bend. I think it's easy to see why the, the Browns kind of looked at them as 1A, 1B and thought if if we can go back and still target and move up for him – uh, it makes a lot of sense on their end. He's not the inline blocker as much as Howard is, but he might be more dynamic as far as in the passing game. He's
2: definitely somebody yeah, that can split you're... out kind of like Tyler Eifert uh, when, when, back when Hugh Jackson was down in Cincinnati. Uh, but I think Tyler Eifert's a much better blocker. But I think this guy's got straight-line speed, and he's got a little shimmy to him. I think he can play a little bit more of a uh, slot receiver or outside um, and can cause some matchup problems definitely for a defense.
1: Now, but what about Jerry? What about the corresponding move here where they cut Gary Barnage after that? I mean, what what was that all about? Do they think that well, Njoku, however says, say his name, going to come right in and take over the starting tight end role day one?
2: Well, Jackson inherited Barnage, um, and then they, last year they drafted uh, DeValve from Princeton, took him as a flyer, and he was an athlete. But what doesn't make sense is DeValve was known for being a really athletic speed guy who's only uh, arguably 6'2". Um six three at the most. And at least with Barnage, you had a big body type who could get you some red zone looks. You know, the one year he had a thousand yards, uh, I forget how many touchdowns off the top of my head, but it was he's a big body. Like, so you got two guys now doing the same thing. It's a little confusing why they cut him, but he is, you know, in the twilight of his career. And I think the move that management's trying to do is anybody over thirty, you're on notice unless you're a perennial pro bowler. Um, so obviously Joe Thomas falls in that category and they definitely want to go with the youth movement. And, uh, this is a move that kind of shows that
1: when they say, when you say twilight of his career, I mean, his career was one season. It's uh, no, I mean, he's what his his twilights like Jordan Cameron's twilight.
2: He's he's over 30 for one year. though. Yeah. I mean, last year, I mean, we had the carousel of quarterbacks going on, but still, um, not the same thing. So, okay, that's interesting. But
1: uh, I just thought it was weird, you know, that one of the only proven pass catchers on the team they got rid of. Uh, Mark, he didn't catch favorite. the ball
3: last year. Like, he, he barely caught the ball last year. He dropped it like crazy. I don't know. I I think Gary is a little, little bit overrated just because he had a good fantasy season the year before that.
1: Well, uh, speaking of uh, guys that are a little controversial, I guess, uh, you alluded to it earlier, Sean, but Mark, what are your thoughts on the Browns taking a flyer on Caleb Brantley, who was a surefire second-round pick until he decided to uh, knock out a chick's tooth, allegedly?
0: Yeah, I don't like it. I don't like the pick. It's just a distraction for a team that does not need distractions. They're obviously saying the right things. If you're going to draft him, you got to come out and say, well, he might not even make our team uh, so you got to say that, but in the grand scheme of it, if anything goes in any negative direction in that court case, it's over. The shady part was that his coach, his position coach, that's now at Florida State in a relative position, told all coaches to stay away and not pick this guy. So you wonder if that was part of him leaving Florida, or if it was some shady stuff that went on. And lastly, what the hell is going on at Florida, where every single player in their right mind is doing stupid? shit there. The only guy that's not is Tebow and he's on he's high on, on JC. So who knows no, he's what's high going on, on at the park. University of Florida. Oh God. Yeah, bat I, 210.
1: Well, I mean, you don't want to talk about Patriot trades, but you want to talk about <laughs> Tim Tebow? Mike,
0: yeah, yeah, I'm just making a reference. I'm making a I, reference I, to
1: Florida. I thought the
0: most hey, enlightening, no, I thought no. the
3: thing that was most concerning here over the past two days is the Gary and Conley news where all of a sudden there was, well, we, we just we were in an elevator together and now there was actual like DNA sampling that was done. Like the Oakland could be that's a team on the brink and they may have literally wasted a draft pick if something comes down negatively with, with this kid or or allegations turn into actual charges.
1: Yeah, that's just bad timing, bad news for him. I mean,
0: you're right. So let's just get the Gary and Conley story out there since I have the story. Well, hold, okay. on. Before, before you hold on before you go into Gary and Conley.
2: hold on before you go Gary and Remember, Sashi Brown did say about the draft pick of Brantley. He's like, you know, if the facts turn up that we can't keep him, then we're not going. to Oh, they're to dropping keep him. him. Yeah. So I yeah, will say they, they did him. address it, and 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 I'm glad they they came out and kind of got ahead of uh, what. I the mean, rules if, are
3: if you read the if you read the statements that that are online. I, I mean, there's a lot of eyewitnesses, and I didn't read one statement from that would conflict it, that he didn't actually like throw a punch or anything. He, She was hitting him, and he pushed her away, and this was all in front oh, of people. We, yeah,
0: who knows, though? Who knows? Dude, if his position coach is saying to stay away from him, could you imagine how much stuff has happened to him that well, he's done? I mean,
3: Mark, what about Joe Mixon and D.D. Westbrook? No one from the Oklahoma program would vouch for either of those kids. After this the is fact. my
0: point. This is my point, though. So there's no point in trying to hearsay or trying to say. If this guy's – if if it happens once or twice – Maybe once or twice. OK, but if it's if these guys, these coaches know it more than anyone, if they're seeing it consistently, they're seeing it consistently. Case in point, Gary Unconley Conley to make the transition here. He's never been in trouble. Everyone raves about the guy. Everyone said the only thing he's guilty of is that he screwed up and, and he put himself in a situation where something could happen. So the actual story with Gary and Conley is this. They went out, him and his boys, they had a hotel room. He was with a chick in an elevator. She decided to come back to his room. She came back to the room. She was giving him oral sex in the bathroom. And he said that live on, on, he said that on the, uh, he said that on Twitter or whatever he said it on. Okay. And then something happened where she was, (laughs) she was annoying him and his buddies that were in the hotel room. And he said, it was four o'clock in the morning. He said, you know what? You're gone. And he just kicked her out. and he Man, said, no, we you're needed gone. Hawk
3: Harrelson teed up Foot right there. Gone.
0: And so then, right there, she she leaves the hotel room. She's freaking out, okay? When she was freaking out, she was punching stuff, throwing stuff, and they just threw her out. They threw her on this. they put her there. They threw her shoes out, shut the door. That
2: was the end you of got that. Got to go. And so
0: so love an the actual shoes alley,
2: outside I mean, move. That's, that's, that's vintage. Not like laid out.
3: but like thrown out against the wall.
2: Take your
0: stuff, get out. So, I mean, I'm done dealing you know, with this. I'm done <laughs> with this. From what I've heard, the chick was in the hallway screaming like, you're not going to hear the end of me. This is not the end of this and all this stuff. So whenever he in these interviews and stuff is referring to, I have witnesses that vouch for me that heard of things and heard what she said and everything. When he when when he says that, that's exactly what he's referring to. Being then loyal. He, I, I heard. I heard he took a. Uh, I, I found out he took a lie detector test last Wednesday. Yeah, everybody
1: so, found that out when they when they announced it on Roto World. But
3: uh, no, well, no, well, no. I
0: knew two, no, no. two days. Mark found it that. out,
3: and he was telling us at the draft, and then later in the draft they reported it.
0: Yeah, I, I knew. I knew literally. I knew 48 hours before they even released it. That That's took the breaking news test. we need, Mark.
1: That's the breaking. You're news. You're right. You tweet at, at Glory Podcast. What are you doing? Uh, he's still breaking down Brandon Sprouts.
0: <laughs> well, I got other, I got other stuff if you want me to go on, and this just focuses. I mean, Malik Cooker fell a little bit because of his tackling abilities, but he's a freak. He's a freak player. Uh, uh, from what I hear, Raekwon McMillan is gonna is gonna be a very good NFL player. Uh, so I would watch out for Raquan McMillan and what Ohio State probably had him doing, and I, I didn't see him really get up field at all. If a team asked him to get up field, he's going to be a really good player. So Lattimore fell a little bit. Obviously, I think we all realized because he had hamstring issues. Um, especially when you run a 40 and you pull your hamstring. And then there's been documented hamstring injuries throughout his time at Ohio state, him only being a one year starter. So are you going to waste a top seven pick on a guy that has hamstring issues that, you know, you don't, that is more on the sideline than he is on the field, especially with top money. No, we just watched Buffalo, not give Sammy Watkins his fifth year option because of his foot injury. So uh, you can see why Marshawn Lattimore slipped a little bit in that sense. So, and the Noah Brown thing is puzzling because Noah Brown should have never came out. Noah Brown was, could not get off a press receiver top end acceleration, and that was that. So that's the little Buckeyes, Buckeyes insider uh, scoop uh, with the uh, never-ending Glory podcast.
1: Yes, next time we'll be sure to tweet those at Glory Podcast and maybe even on our college football uh, podcast Twitter handle. Let's, talk about, pod,
3: Let's talk about tack. <laughs> oh okay. I gotta Sean, be honest. I think Sean, that's a great fit for Atlanta. He's paired up opposite side Vic Beasley. He can just pin his ears back. He's a Sean huge for all for I genuinely think that's a great pick. And I like for, the kid a lot.
1: For all of the uh, all of those that are not immersed in college football as much as you are and those who didn't sit through the draft for the seventy two hours, explain exactly who Tack is and what he did. On, uh, on Friday night. On Thursday Paris night.
3: Kenley drafted number 26 to the Atlanta Falcons, who traded up with Seattle to to grab him. 6'2", 250 defensive end. Uh, kind of an outside linebacker, DN mix. Um, he'll he'll kind of stand upright uh, and, and rush the passer. He's a high-effort, high-motor guy on top of it. He uh, got drafted, had a massive <laughs> framed picture of his grandma, brought it to the draft. Carried it when he was shaking hands with Goodell, threw the jersey over it or around it. Then Dion got the microphone in his face, and the fireworks went off. Dropped the f-bomb, I don't Bless. care. Then apologized to Dion. It, it just it was an emotional tour de force. I genuinely loved it. The best is is like a day or sec- a day or two later, Clay Travis kind of hit him up on Twitter, and he called Clay Travis the devil, like the <laughs> goddamn devil. Like everything that. Takaris McKinley is doing is gold right now. I love it. I wish they were doing hard knocks just on Takaris this, this coming.
0: How, how when Dion Sanders is the voice of reason in an yes. interview? That interview just went the right direction.
3: The best is Dion was like cringing,
1: but also was like, I'm primetime too. I kind of love all this. So yes. like he, he was playing along with it. I just love how he told Roger Goodell to find him later. He didn't care. Just find me later. I don't care. Find me <laughs> later. Yeah, that and he was, didn't uh, get fined. That's the best. Not yet. Give it time. No, no, they, they no, they he, said he's, he's not.
0: Zeke <laughs> Elliott didn't get fined last year. Those were all rumors and stuff. You can't really get fined at the draft. That's the one nice
2: thing. I'm yeah. a big fan of Tax Dog's name, Codeine. that
3: is that's another thing that came out what yesterday or this
2: morning on our group chat
3: i mean the the it just it's i want to know how that got named i want to follow the story i want a camera attached to codeine in the life and day of codeine when he gets to hang around to karist sean i can
1: i can tell you real quick why
3: his name is codeine his dad had a had a bucket cowboy hat um it was beauty the whole thing was beautiful
1: Oh, goodness. Well, speaking of beautiful drafts, there were other teams that fared very well this past weekend. Um, seems like this team always does well in the offseason, but they never do well in the regular season. I don't know about you guys, but I was pretty impressed with what the Jaguars were able to do in the first round. Uh, they brought in Leonard Fournette, fourth overall. Um, I believe the second round they took Cam Robinson, which was a pretty surprising drop. We thought he might have gone in the first round. And then they took uh, a DN to continue to work on that defensive, Dewan Smoot. Uh, Sean, what did your what were your thoughts on their draft? And is this the year that Jerry's Jaguars turn it around? They still got a Blake Quarter Blake Bortles a quarterback. They do picked up his fifth year option.
3: I'm good on the Jaguars. I'm not worried about them. <laughs> you so they you think, they're all, right? no, all right, think they're all right? No, I'm saying I think the Jaguars are just what the jag like. That's a seven and nine football team with Blake Bortles.
0: That's pretty. Maybe good last year, Luke. Can I flip the, the 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 table here and ask you a couple? questions when it and i want to hear jerry's take too, if you guys don't mind about the jaguars
1: flip the script on them let's, let's hear do it. it
0: let's do it okay first and foremost what was their main issue last year I mean we know bortles struggled down d- down the stretch but what was their main issue throughout the last two seasons offensively
2: simply it's it's been lack of production and consistency at quarterback um no no explosive guys anywhere on that, that offensive roster
0: Wait, wait! I disagree with the idea of explosive guys. I think Allen Robinson is explosive. Uh, Allen Hearns nah. has some, some some explosive traits to him. Their receivers aren't bad. Who's their third receiver, Luke, that's not Green. bad? Rashard Green. Rashard yeah. Green. And they got another guy, too, that we're not even thinking. Uh, White. Uh, no, no, no. Yeah, the
3: the, dude from, no, the, the kid from USC. Marquise,
0: Marquise Lee. Marquise yeah. Lee. And they picked up so the, uh, wide receivers. Thomas from
2: the uh, Broncos last year.
0: Yes. He wasn't there the year before but their receivers aren't bad so i don't i don't want to put anything on their receivers because they're not bad their backfield let's just talk about their backfield what was their backfield last year
1: chris ivory tj yeldon Yeldon.
0: chris ivory and tj yeldon luke give me a letter grade on that backfield uh c minus d plus okay so i would say c plus okay i I don't think is it
3: a product of their line their line stinks
0: that's my point their line's terrible Okay. Their line is absolute garbage. Okay. Now they added Brandon Albert. They drafted Cam Robinson, so they're trying. But Cam Robinson had major leverage issues. He was he dropped because he did not work out well. His balance was off. His feet were off. He's a mammoth of a man. Okay. But it, what you're gonna just all of a sudden take Leonard Fournette, put him there, and he's just gonna make your line better?
1: No, I, I agree with you. I see what you're saying. Um, I think that I think that it's a, a, a lot the line is Definitely part of the problem, but the huge part of their problem is Blake Bortles, and I didn't realize how mine, like I, how frustrating his delivery is. I mean, that guy brings the ball all the way down to his waist, and it circles up and around, and I, have, yeah. I am not a quarterback coach whatsoever. I've never scouted a player ever. I The only time I ever played quarterback was in eighth grade, and I broke my collarbone in the first quarter of the first game. You deserve karma.
0: His throwing motion—
1: his throwing motion is so terrible that he makes any offensive line look bad. And on top of that, when he finally gets the ball off, the guy sucks. He can't get get the ball to any of his receivers. So even you saw Alan Robinson last year. The guy had a million targets, but he couldn't catch any balls because they're th- so poorly thrown. I think the issue starts and finishes with Blake Bortles. And unless Tom Coughlin can come in and turn him around, I think that they're screwed no matter what they put for an offensive line there.
0: So, so, So Luke then – then why aren't you taking one of those quarterbacks if that's the case? Like then well, why like I think
1: Because I, I think the quarterback sucked this year too. I don't think the quarterbacks are the answer. I mean, you look at we can argue all day and all night whether or not Jimmy Garoppolo is better than any quarterback in this draft, but you, you brought in Mitch Trubisky, who's had 13 career starts in, in uh, college football. You had Pat Mahomes, who's just an athlete, but just is shades of Colin Kaepernick. You had Deshaun Watson, who had um, velocity issues. I yeah. mean, there's no tr- sure thing here whatsoever from uh, a quarterback standpoint, but Leonard Fournette is arguably one of the most talented running backs to come out of the college football in the past 10 years. Luke, think about this, though.
3: If you're the Jaguars... You could have taken who's someone at four. You could have taken in instead of Fournette. You could have taken you know big time play. You could take a Jamal.
0: You could have taken. You could have. You could have. You could have taken Jamal Adams. You could have taken Dalvin You could have put them on the back end. They could have got Dalvin Cook in the second round. Now they don't know that, but they could have put one of them top end safeties on the back end of that defense, which was playing really good by the end of the year. Yeah. Glad how many I, catches did how
3: many shouldn't. let's not get too stuck on the Jaguars. My my point is is let's not just assume Leonard Fournette is Ezekiel Elliott. And then let's not just assume like I don't think this draft actually lined up well for what Jacksonville needed. And that should have been a team forcibly trying to go backwards. So that right. they can better align and get a Garrett Bowles and do some of the things that they need to build upon rather exactly. than trying to take a quick fix opportunity that they did and crossing their fingers that Blake Bortles. If Blake Bortles is what he was this past year, Jacksonville's in the top 10 again, and they're one year closer with some of their young assets to their contract fly years. So – Like The windows here are super tight sometimes in the NFL, and they got to be particularly careful. Yeah, but
1: here's the thing. I'm I'm curious if they even really could move back from five or from four because if you look at it, a lot of teams are moving up for wide receiver or for quarterbacks, right? I mean, there wasn't – the Chiefs came up. Here's what I would say. You can move back. You just have
3: to throw the chart out. You might not get the chart value, but you can go back if you really
0: want to. So I right. thought they should have moved back, and I thought they should have moved back, actually. I, th- I agree with everything you guys are saying. Move back, and I can't believe I'm saying this, but if Deshaun Watson has velocity issues, at least you put him in Jacksonville where the weather's hot and it gets a little more zip on his ball because he ain't going to throw somewhere where it's windy off a lake mm-hmm. in the north. He's not going to be able to throw in, like, an East Coast New York because it's just he too much. He ain't going to throw in the went Great to the Lakes.
3: Perfect, he went to the perfect team because he plays in Indianapolis. He plays in a Dome. He plays in well, Jacksonville. Well, yeah, and he plays I,
0: in Tennessee. Like, he's in a thing. perfect spot. But I thought, ja- I thought Jacksonville was a good fit for him, too. I, I, I really thought he could have been all right in Jacksonville. But there are so many different elements to that that could have happened. So that's my take for the Jacksonville Jags. I just – Luke, final question for you. If you're at four and you're the GM of the Jaguars – Are you taking Leonard Fournette? Is that the same decision you would have made?
1: Yeah, probably. Um, Again, I think at that point they're taking the best player on their board. Maybe they're not looking solely at team need, and maybe they felt they weren't going to get great value moving back. So they took the best guy on the board.
3: If I was the GM in that spot, I'd trade Jalen Ramsey and Telvin Spit to the Cleveland Browns for a sixth and seventh round pick. I'd quit the (laughs) Jaguars the next day, and I'd become a scout for the Browns. Let's go.
1: <laughs> All right, we'll move on to another that team that, was, that, moving on to another team, I guess that uh, I felt pr- did pretty well in defense. And uh, while it was really their offense that struggled, I guess uh, a great defense can only help them next year too. Cardinals had a pretty good draft with a Sonretic at linebacker. They trade up for Buda Baker at safety, and I've read a lot about Chad Williams in the third-round wide receiver, um, that he could potentially be one of those explosive guys on the outside.
3: Yeah. He's a grambling Cardinals guy, right? Fun. He's from Grambling. Nick Burns. school. Yeah. cool. <laughs> he, he, he,
0: he lit up the Senior Bowl, guys. Chad Williams, that's where his name came from. He lit up the Senior Bowl. The Browns loved him. Lit yes. it up.
3: So, I, so I, I, guess- I really like the Cardinals draft. Yep. I love that. the idea of getting dogs on that defense kind of filling it out i still think they have a weakness losing campbell the defensive line is a little thin but that's one of those positions too where you can bring a guy in and that's an undrafted guy and he could fit in your system too so you, you have to keep it as an emphasis but um yeah i liked what the cardinals did a lot
1: Jerry, so Cardinals are one of the teams that were um, rumored to be definitely be moving up for quarterback, uh, particularly your guy Patrick Mahomes is an option there. Uh, they picked 13th overall, so at that point the top three quarterbacks are gone. Trubisky went two. Um, let's see here. Pat Mahomes went ten when the Chiefs moved up. They traded their first round pick this year and next year to move up to ten.
2: Watson, and then Sean
1: Watson went twelve. So do you think that you know, do you think the Cardinals were ever in on one of those quarterbacks? They I, might have gone quarterback there.
2: I think they were, but I don't lasted. think. I think they were, but I don't think they ever thought that Pat Mahomes was going to go at ten. I don't think anybody right. thought that was going to happen. That was kind of the shock of the first round, um, probably even the, the biggest reach of the first round. But with the Chiefs, they're you know it, they're not hurting themselves because they they have Alex Smith to go for this year. But I think with the Cardinals, they didn't panic and they just took a guy like Hassan Riddick, who's going to be a solid defender for them for years to come and then they got a guy like buddha baker too so that it's a defense that's just gotten better um i'm still worried about what they're gonna do up front in the in uh especially nose tackle and the three tech losing a guy like K- claus campbell is gonna be huge for them so it'd be interesting to see what they do with free agency
3: you see, i actually a- thought i thought what they did was a total smoke screen i don't think they wanted quarterback I, I kind of I almost mocked him and I think every single time having an impact defensive front seven guy. So I, I felt like they played it perfectly and right into what they were trying to do all along. And they got three quarterbacks picked in the 12 picks ahead of them. And. I mean, we were talking Corey Davis was a reach. It felt like, like there were some things that were happening there just as we were watching the Browns saying we're getting one of these three guys. Now they subsequently traded back, but like I think that it was very deliberate that that's what the Cardinals were, were trying to do is end up with two or three impact defenders and have a chance. And, and they got Reddick, who I think may have been at least ahead of Foster and, and obviously hooker. Um, I, th- I think he was he and even Allen, I think he obviously was was probably at the top of their list.
1: Yeah, and I, I agree with you that maybe their uh, quarterback was in the forefront of their mind. But if it was, I do like what Jerry touched upon is that they didn't um they didn't panic. You know, they didn't pull a uh Ah, uh, Minnesota Vikings in two thousand eleven to take Christian Ponder because there's a run on quarterbacks. You know they decided not to go with Kaiser, uh, and obviously the Browns took Kaiser in the second round as they waited. But uh, I thought it was pretty good uh, resilience from the the Cardinals and shows that that's a strong uh, general manager, head coach type there with him and Arians. Um, so yeah, again, uh, if if the Cardinals can turn around that offense a little bit, keep uh, Carson Palmer upright. They're definitely a threat to win the NFC West next year, and I think we all picked them to go to the Super Bowl. But um, that was last year. But we'll see what happens this year. Uh, obviously, with the best draft, there are sometimes terrible drafts too. And I don't know how you guys felt about the the Bears draft, but I read that you know one NFL <laughs> executive said that Ryan Pace got himself fired with this draft. Mark, what's your take on that?
0: the worst draft I've ever seen in the history of watching the draft. <laughs> I read that same article where they talked about a disconnect between, I mean, a jack wagon city, Chicago. <laughs> um, you can't have a disconnect between your head coach and GM. Let us let that come from the other side of a Great Lake uh, from Cleveland, okay? This is unbelievable to me. You take Mitch Trubisky at two. You, 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 dra- you trade up because you're freaking out. Stupid, stupid, stupid. Sprinkle on top of that, you already just paid a backup quarterback to be your starter. And then you have some slapdick from Ashland, Ohio, that everyone all of a sudden christened (laughs) to stud when he played Ashland. And they're trying to say he's going to go and be in the NFL and be a difference maker.
3: Man, you're hating on Tyler Huska, man.
0: No, I love Tyler Huska. But listen, I ain't (laughs) christening some kid from Ashland, an NFL player, let alone a second round draft pick. He's going to have to come in. He's gonna have to assimilate to the speed of the game. There's so much going on. The, then the rest of the guys they took—I don't even know their names because no one knows their names because they're all—they're all from D seven schools. This is like recruiting D7. Ohio State's recruiting nothing but Malvern and Sandy Valley, <laughs> and all of these weird small schools. Like this is a terrible draft. Everyone's getting fired. Lawn sale. Just throw the clothes out in the yard. Two for one deal. Take us for what we are. And then there's Mitch Trubisky. I'm sorry. Mitch Trubisky is going to get, he's going to get, he's going to get destroyed. Their team <laughs> blows. And guess what? For all you fantasy players out there, stay away from anyone and in, in for the <laughs> Chicago Bears and any dynasty league that you have. It's going nowhere.
3: Spitting hot fire. There we go. I like
1: that. that okay, now you're back.
3: I I, I just I agree 100. percent I, I don't know what the Bears are doing. It's a classic case of we think we're smarter than everyone. Which, by the way, we in Cleveland have seen that all too well. And I can assure you that no one is as smart as they think they are. I'm going to give they you took a- six draft picks on a team that needs draft picks. Like, think about it. that's the the other puzzling thing is they traded forward one spot when. There was no need to in the first place, so they they fell in love with the player. They got hooked on a player they never should have got hooked on. And, and then they
1: gave up seven player of equity. Sean, they were negotiating with themselves again, just like they were with Mike Glennon. Nobody wanted Mike yes. Glennon yet. Ryan Pace gave him eighteen and a half million dollars guaranteed. Not only and are you correct, cool. they only took five players. By the way, five. But not only are they lighting eighteen and a half million dollars on fire with Mike Glennon because the instant he struggles, oh you know, my Tomisky, that quarterback room is gonna be contentious as all hell. It's just it, what were they thinking? It was just a terrible draft overall. And I mean, terrible. John Fox had heart problems. John
3: Fox
2: is gonna have more heart problems if you're gonna have to sit through that He's problem. got
0: cholesterol issues now.
2: Mark, I got it. Mark, you're a big fan of uh, knowing where people went to uni- where they played ball. So I'm going to give you three draft picks from the Bears, and I want you to name the universities that played for. One of these is going to be fake, though. Ready? Tariq Cohen played for North Carolina a and or Jordan Morgan played for Cootstown. And Bob Spoggins played at Donald, <laughs> Donald Trump University. Which one of those is not on the Bears? <laughs> Donald Trump University
0: is not. A, dude, Spoggins is talent. a little light in the hip. <laughs> Guys, full <in>. hand. <laughs> I, I, I got three really quick takes. One, first of all, three. why are you trusting these scouts that are telling – to hit on a D2, three, D3 guy is so hard to do. It, in this you day and age, Maybe a take harder. one. Maybe take one. Okay, next. No one loves the Bears. There's two teams that love the Bears more than anyone. First, John Lynch just got a 6-year extension. He's the new GM for the 49ers till 2029 with that yeah, deal because he walked math. into the job. He walked into the job and got an extra third and fourth and got the same <laughs> freaking player. Okay.
1: Uh-huh. <laughs> oh, oh, my God. God. Might have to hit the people on that. Oh, get that hit explicit. That.
0: Hit that explicit button. Um, so we might have to hit a beep on that. But Mark is take. feisty on the Bears and Jags. Thank God. Thank God that they did that because they literally saved us from ourselves. And if, you, yes. if you're a Browns fan yes. and you don't believe that, yeah. you're crazy. They saved us from ourselves. So thank you, Pacemaker. <laughs> and sorry, John Foxes, you are a good guy, and you really just never get a good deal hey, anywhere hey, you go. If you
3: ever get in the Akron area, I'll make you a Moscow Mule on my back porch. <laughs> I'll kick you out. I'll throw your shoes in the in the uh, street like Gary and Conley, but I'll make you a Moscow Mule. <laughs> hey, what are you gonna, gonna need make, a lot of alcohol to get? What are you this gonna make
1: season? that Moscow Moscow Mule out of? What do you think, man? Buckeye vodka, baby. Oh, boy, true, I'm and great. true. Um, so did, tee up
0: the next one, Luke. We're well, ready real, for the next
1: one. Real quick, I did read that um, that uh, John Fox asked his good buddy, Jeff Fisher, how to develop a quarterback. So um, if we've seen anything <laughs> oh with Jeff God. Fisher developing quarterbacks, then uh, definitely stay away from Mitch Trubisky by any means necessary in all forms, fantasy football and or just watching Chicago Bears football. But let's move on to the other team that kind of made an ass out of themselves on draft weekend. Um Jerry's going to love the player that they got because this is his binky. But the Chiefs traded up. They gave up the 25th pick over, I'm sorry, their late first round pick, a 2017 third round pick, and their 2018 first round pick to move to 10th overall to take Pat Mahomes. Now, before I let Jerry talk about Pat Mahomes and just, uh, you know, rub his shoulders and and talk about. I'm
0: excited uh, to hear
1: this. I got to say that for the Chiefs being. One or two impact players away from being a serious contender in the AFC. And having Alex Smith, who I understand has a ceiling, he's a game manager, but you get another impact player in that defense. How are they not a contender in the AFC? Why do they want to kind of not get this opportunity to bring in a stud linebacker like Reuben Foster and why do they want to just trade draft capital for a quarterback who's basically going to be redshirted this season? This thing's a stupid move. Um, they're looking too far in the future when they have a team that can contend now. So I didn't like that move, but Jerry, explain to me why I'm wrong if I'm wrong.
2: Counterpoint. I, I don't think you're wrong. That's, that's a great point. Um, <laughs> but if I have to say why you'd go for a Pat Mahomes, I think we've talked about this enough. You know, the the arm strength, maybe there's something with Andy Reid. He's feeling a little nostalgic. He's like thinking back to his days with the Pack and a certain Brett Favre quality shows through Pat Mahomes. That's really the only thing I can think of because I think he's the only one with elite arm talent in this draft. Deshaun Kaiser maybe is a second behind him, but. That's really the only thing I can think of. I mean, they lost some serious defenders that were very important pieces that they needed to replace. They did. And they, did, and they didn't do it. Like Dantari uh, Dentari, Poe, just to name one. That's some. They should have been replacing that guy. This is a puzzling move. Um, it's So, Luke, I have to actually agree with you on this. Wow. You know what it like is? That.
3: It's one of those moves Wow. The impact, the impact actually, I think, is felt. Not the first four or five weeks, but as the season goes along and injuries kick in, it's a direct hit to their depth potential and the lo- The lack of depth and the loss of depth making this move. And it's one of those where we could be in the last four or five games of the season and be wondering why Kansas City's swooning and what's happening. And Mahomes may get to play because they may be out of the playoff picture as a result of it. It's just – I agree. I you can every team or every time this t- this part of the year someone falls in love with some of these fancy quarterbacks the Logan Thomas's these big arm guys and then they they go through a couple practices and they light it up and they get on the field and they and then all of a sudden it's like oh yeah this is why this guy wasn't the number 1 pick his footwork his feet is awful he he doesn't have pocket presence he gets off one read and takes off it's Johnny Manziel syndrome i just <laughs> It it just reeked of panic
0: to me. Well, who who do you guys think is going to be mad about this pick the most? I mean, they trade up from the mid twenties to to ten to take this dude. I mean, I'll tell you this. I mean, who do you guys think will be the most mad about this trade? Alex
1: Smith, no question.
0: Well, I mean, outside Alex Smith, I I think any of the playmakers at
3: Kansas City are going to be a little. I think any veteran,
0: any guy that says I have four or five years, three to four years left.
3: I don't even if think I'm you can think veteran, that long in the NFL. I think it's a one to two years left.
0: Well, I'm telling you a veteran. Uh, yeah, if even then, then that proves my point even more so. Uh, if I'm a veteran on that team, I don't want to be on that team. That, that's a rebuilding move. That's a different – that's a totally different direction that I came to the Kansas City Chiefs to play for. I mean – it, to me, it's it's it, I don't understand it. I agree with everything you guys said that they're a couple that they're a couple puzzle pieces away. I think they can compete, and when you do this, uh, it's it's really mind-boggling. They must love him. They yeah. must love him.
1: And you know Andy Reid is able to get a lot out of his out of his quarterback, so maybe he can make magic happen with Patrick Mahomes. But again, you know as we mentioned, they are a few pieces away from being a true contender for the Super Bowl. So just puzzling moves made by the Chiefs, but not all was bad. I thought that they did a decent job by bringing Kareem Hunt, uh, third round running back, to fight for time with Spencer Ware, uh, former. Kansas City Chief Jamal Charles just signed a one-year deal with the Broncos today. So he's back in the NFL, uh, obviously not with the Chiefs. But Kareem Hunt could potentially be a difference maker next year on fantasy teams. So I keep an eye out for him in rookie drafts. Um, But let's transition, guys, into the fantasy football impact because that is pretty much why we pay attention to football 24-7, 12 months out of the year.
0: Luke, one really quick thing. Watch Kareem Hunt get busted for marijuana. It <laughs> happened multiple times where, where he got suspended for two to three games at Toledo, and it wasn't talked about at all. Oh, man, Just for dynasty guys, yeah. Watch out because he is—he loves it. Okay, and it's been—it's been, <laughs> been well documented since I his days that. in high school at Willoughby <laughs> South. So, you're, I like the what pick he's got talent, but watch—it's hot tips galore.
3: Oh my yeah, God. Where,
0: where are where it's are these welfare. hot
1: takes on our on our Twitter handle at Glory Podcast? Mark, you yes. gotta give these to me. Come on, man. Yeah, well, it's, it's got to be allegedly. allegedly, though. You can't accuse, man. right? We ain't alleged to catch a case. Alleged. alleged, alleged. Well, allegedly, Mister Cream Hunt likes to smoke the guns But we'll we'll move on to a few other players that uh, got some help this weekend. I thought, and definitely saw either helped uh, an incumbent veteran's stock soar, uh, based on the team they were drafted, or saw their stocks rise uh, based on their landing spot. I think the first person that I want to talk about, and this guy is near and dear to your heart, Sean, is Jameis Winston. You got to like what Tampa Bay did by drafting O.J. Howard, Chris Godwin, and Jeremy McNichols. Uh, I think that, you know, our good friend at Nick and Akron said it perfectly to me on Twitter. He said that, uh, you know, Jameis Winston, is he a fifth round pick in redraft? And I said, <laughs> with these weapons that he has now, including the Deshaun Jackson free agent signing, he's, Tampa Bay is loaded right now. So, what are your thoughts on and because you also you're a big OJ Howard guy? So what are your thoughts on what Tampa Bay did with the draft and Jameis Winston's fantasy outlook? I, I
3: think that I think the, one of the good things about OJ Howard to that team is, is his ability to block. However, I'm not as high. Like you give Jameis all those weapons, you give him big targets, which I think fits the profile. Like Deshaun Jackson was a big acquisition. They still have to block people and you're putting a lot on McNichols as the running back because they don't have one, and it's Charles Sims, and but he's always hurt. So I, th- I think that there's a hype machine that's going to be driven with Winston that when I when I always looked at him, I saw more of a Troy Aikman where he's going to win a game, but he might, he might throw three interceptions in the first half, but he's going to come back and make the game-winning drive. I don't know how much he translates to fantasy versus – the Marcus Mariota, who I think puts up and Carson Wentz put up more fantasy based numbers, but not necessarily the win column numbers. So I, I would just be overly cautious with with the Buccaneers uh, because everything looks great on paper. But, you know, the X's and O's aren't always handled on, on paper. You got to you got to block and it's the, the, the Jimmy and the Joes up front.
1: It'll be interesting to see if Doug Martin can come back from that three-game suspension and recapture his 2015 glory where he was second in the league in rushing. Obviously signed that big contract last year and then uh, got stuck on the HGH game. So is out for the first three seasons, three games of the 2017 season. But you alluded to Marcus Mariota getting some help. And the Titans took Kerry, Corey Davis fifth overall. They also took Taewon Taylor and Jonu Smith. So that receiver group is still pretty talented with Corey Davis, Rashard Matthews, Taewon Taylor, uh, Delaney Walker, Johnny Smith, Marcus Marriott is going to be happy. Jerry, do you think that this is going to translate
2: into fantasy success? Oh, this is definitely another case for the AFC South. Um, Really, really liking what they've done. And, I think it's gonna some serious fantasy um, applications this fall. I think you're gonna see a lot of AFC South players on a little team called Simply Ravishing come this fall. Stay <laughs> tuned. Stay tuned.
1: If if these players are on Simply Ravishing, then please make sure that you don't draft them because we've, as we've mentioned many times before, Jerry's made the playoffs once and in what past twelve years. Don't worry about my team. Worry about yourself. <laughs> We're on the rise. Uh, Mark. What are your thoughts on the Tennessee or even the Tampa Bay editions?
0: I think Tampa Bay's got a really nice offense. If you're going to build it, build it up. So I like what they're doing. Uh, they got some speed on defense, but from a fantasy standpoint, uh, that that division is going to be it's going to be up and down. It's going to be a fast division. It's going to be a fun division to watch. Who's the other team you said other than Tampa Bay? Uh, Luke Tennessee. Tennessee. I like what Tennessee did. Uh, I don't like them reaching for the guys. I don't like them reaching for the guys. But I think they're at least trying to build a team with some weapons around Mariota. I mean, that's their guy. Go with it. Who knows? I mean, Corey Davis got a nice build, but I thought they they reached for him. But if that's the guy you like, you take him. So it's pretty much that simple. Isn't that the Chad Jones theory?
1: I think so. If you like the guy, you got to draft him.
0: I got Um, a hot take. I'm not so sure.
1: That Taewon Taylor, well,
3: in three, four years, doesn't have a better makeup than Corey Davis. Really? He isn't better. Uh, that, that's, I Sean, just, you
0: should work for the Chicago Bears with that take.
3: <laughs> he went to Western
1: Kentucky. That's that's not a D9 school. <laughs> All right, let's move on to another team. This team's in the NFC South. Uh, 12-month nightmare for Cam Newton. Terrible season. Lingering injuries. He had offseason shoulder surgery, but it looks like he's going to get a bit of help in the form of Christian McCaffrey and Curtis Samuel. I think the Panthers are quickly becoming a matchup nightmare with Samuel and McCaffrey being able to play multiple roles, kind of like Tyreek Hill did last season for the Chiefs. And also, Kelvin Benjamin, if he can get his weight under control... He's essentially, he's got the body of a tight end, or he's, he's a wide receiver and a, a stretched tight end body. So he, he creates a ton of mismatches. Uh, I like the chances of Cam Newton potentially having a comeback season after a down 2016 season. Uh, I know that you hate Cam Newton, Mark, but are your, your thoughts, are you in line with me here that Cam could at least turn it around a little bit this year in
0: 2017? Well, I don't like Cam Newton as a person, but as a football player, he's a good player. But they're, they're. I picked them to win the Super Bowl. they that's my Super Bowl pick. I love the moves that they're making. I think they're back on track and everything. I think last year they kind of suffered from the Josh Norman hangover and everything. I love what that team's doing. Christian McCaffrey is going to be, he's going to be solid player for them. I don't know how great he's going to be in fantasy because he's not going to run in between the tackles uh, hardly at all. And if he doesn't get you know five catches, then I don't know how much he's going to be because we all know who loves to take those goal line touchdowns. There's no doubt about it. It's uh, it's Cam Newton. So Cam Newton, yeah. Yeah, but... Well, on, and on top I of like that, the they, got, they, got, they,
1: they still have Jonathan Stewart back there, too. So it's going to yeah, be a two-headed exactly. monster. I think that you're right. They're going to try to use uh, Christian McCaffrey as more of a gadget role, like I said, Swiss Army knife role. I think it's a great spot for him because Carolina always does get creative on offense. They're able to do different things that other teams can't because Cam Newton is so athletically gifted. So I really like what Carolina is doing. Um, and I think they definitely. I, I'm not sure they're my 2017 picks. I still think or Super Bowl pick because I think that team still needs to help out that defense. But their their offense is looking pretty solid. And um, Sean, you're you're a Cam hater. What are your thoughts on their moves? I think
3: it gives them tons of flexibility and. I, w- I would say, you know, as it relates to Cam, there's a lot of similarities there with with Andrew Luck. He's, they're kind of both ball holders. They they hang on to the ball. Cam does it for, you know, a little bit more of the glory reasons, or, or, or so to speak. Um, I, 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 it gives him a lot of flexibility. Curtis Samuel is a guy that McCaffrey gets dinged up a little bit. Samuel is an immediate plug and play drop in there and gives him – if if McCaffrey and when he gets dinged through the course of a season, they may not skip that much of a beat because of his skill set in comparison to, to McCaffrey. So right. I, I think what they did is they really gave themselves a unique look.
0: Um, not a wide receiver, though. He's not a wide receiver. I don't like people saying that Curtis Samuels is a wide receiver, but I think what you said was right about him, Sean.
3: You can move him you can you can position him and motion him put him yeah. against linebackers though and create mismatches. He's, yeah, he's not going to line up play out there. there. Yeah, yeah, exactly.
0: Yeah. Exactly. Yeah, I but, think but that's that the the difference different don't know what that.
3: teams can do with with Dalvin Cook. Dalvin Cook can do the, the exact same stuff but where he can't line up out wide but you can get him matched up and as he did in the Orange Bowl he, he can beat a linebacker you know pretty pretty easily. So I think it gave them flexibility. You've got Olsen, you've got uh Funches, like they can go a lot of different ways, lineup-wise. A little bit of what the Saints have done too. The interesting thing is, is look at how that division kind of built things. All four of those offensive teams have different styles they can play. Like they can play any types of games. They can ground and pound. You know, basically any of the teams can do that now with with the Saints signing Peterson to comp with um, Ingram. The Bucks probably can't do that. That's their one deficiency, as we've highlighted. But, you know, if McNichols hits, then all of a sudden that's in their repertoire. But they got big receivers. They got quick, squatty receivers. They can kind of two tight end you. They can, they can four wide you. There's just a lot of different options that, that is in that division. And as Mark said, I think it gets up and down a lot this year.
1: So real quick, you mentioned Dalvin Cook. Uh, I want to talk about his slide real quick. He went to the Vikings in the second round, 41st overall. I was hoping he'd fall to a more fantasy-friendly team like the Colts. Didn't happen. Uh, Post-pick, we were texting back and forth. I asked what you thought of him. We did some rookie rankings that we'll we'll talk about a little bit later on. You have him at 7th, Sean. Do you really think that he went from being... You know, a potential number one pick in rookie drafts all the way to seven solely because he went to the Minnesota Vikings, and so why? Well, I would say the
3: one thing that, that Dalvin should be excited about is the, who they took it at pick 70 is uh, Pat Elfland from Ohio State. They still need another lineman, um, possibly two, for that to really be the full complement. I think it, for as much as everybody said, oh, Peterson's gotten old, that line had got bad. They had a retirement, and then I think Khalil was out for the year. Like they had some things happen there pretty quickly, and things got ugly, and there was no holes to be had with really anybody running. So the good thing is is I think what Murray does is he buys a year of you know wear and tear that doesn't get on Cook, but I don't think you can take Cook and expect much this year, maybe towards the end of the season, but – you know that's a gamble in and of itself, um, just because I, I I think it's a rebuilding year for the Vikings or, or one that they've got to really reassess uh, how they're constructed from a team aspect.
1: I'm just going to close it with I think Latavius Murray stinks and Dalvin Cooks going to be the three down back within by like week four, but that's just me. I, I agree.
3: <laughs> like they still have some of this
1: stuff
0: that. Do you think he's going to get goal line carries though, or Latavius Murray will get goal line carries?
1: I think that I think that Dalvin Cooks get the skill set to take on the, the goal line carries, but uh, I just think that by, like I said, week four, he's going to make Latavius Murray just a forgotten man in that offense, because I watched him play with Oakland last season, and if he didn't break off a 60-yard run to score touchdown, his stat line every game would have been 12 carries for 10 yards, so... Um,
0: I well, you better the tell lineup. the guy in you better tell the guy in the dynasty league that uh, that because he thought Latavius Murray was gold in terms well, of I, trading.
1: I, I, there's a, there's a lot of things that he thinks are gold, but we won't go into.
0: Mark, that do you want to hit on uh,
3: Vikings
1: pick 120, round four?
0: Yeah, Ben Gideon, a good dude, coached him at Hudson. Great kid, always does the right thing. You never have to worry about anything. He's smart as all get up. Comes from a great family. His brother was a captain at the naval uh, at uh, Harvard. His other brother played uh, sprint football. Is that it? what it's called? Burris sprint football at the Naval Academy. Um, was it an eight it was, on eight? Yeah, something like that. I think it's like minus, like you have to be under 185 pounds or something something like that. I don't know. His sister, who I had in class, is great girl. She rose at uh, Michigan. It, it, Ben's a phenomenal kid. Ben's going to learn everything. He's going to be in the building. He's a machine in the weight room. He won the bench press. Uh, so he's, I mean, I'm not surprised. I actually said, I told people, I think Mike Zimmer's the type of guy that would like Ben, but uh, I think it's, a, I think it's a good fit for Ben because they invested in him. That's the most important thing. Play and special I think with them investing probably getting exactly. the rotation. Yeah. And, and they do a good job of flat out coaching there from, I mean, what I've noticed in terms of linebackers linebacks and stuff, Anthony Barr, they coached the living crap out of Anthony Barr. Anthony Barr's a really good linebacker. So Ben's going to get coached up there, and I like that. Um, he just – he has to get those hips a little bit more fluid. Once he'll be able to do that, he'll be able to guard some running backs out of the backfield. It will make uh, life a lot, a lot easier for him.
1: Very nice, very nice. So uh, we're going to keep on talking
0: about – All right, you.
3: Luke, you got to get on your – got to get on the L.A. Charger thing. Go ahead. You get <laughs> Are you going to give here. me my minute?
1: So for those yeah. who uh, – for those who remembered – when we were talking about team needs, I thought that the Chargers would definitely be considering a wide receiver in the first round at seventh overall. And I believe my colleague Sean Z said I was high. I was I was high on drugs because that is such an asinine idea. Why would they ever do that? You know, apparently Keenan Allen is this Iron Man. Antonio Gates is going to keep on being the guy he was ten years ago. Uh, Tyrell Williams wasn't just another guy. And what did they do, Sean? What exactly did they do at pick seven? I forget.
0: You better call Tyrell. (laughs) They took Mike
1: Williams, wide receiver, out of Clemson. Um, As I suggested, they may, either him or Corey Davis. He's the second wide receiver taken. Listen, I I I love pairing Phillip Rivers with arguably one of the more pro-ready wide receivers. He's got the big uh, wide receiver one prototypical body. Uh, and Mike Williams is a charger and I think has a great opportunity to be one of the better fantasy football rookies this year. Uh, I mean, looking back on it, is the pick still that bad, Sean? Do you still think it was asinine that they took a wide receiver? I,
3: I think it was until Friday came around and they got Forrest Lamp and Dan Feeney, who two guys that that I thought were around late in both cases. I thought Forrest Lamp was a back end first rounder, and I thought Dan Feeney was a mid second. So the fact that literally those guys can possibly a lamp can play even a tackle a little bit. He can bump out there, but those both guys could be your starting guards. And if you can keep rivers upright, the thing about Williams is, is he's not going to burn it and get immediate separation, but he's one of those guys that using his body and length that it's a slow, a little slower developing, but he can have an impact. So I, I don't disagree with you as far as that. I just, my whole thing is on team building. And again, I still stand by that. Malik Hooker would have been a better fit for them, but you know, obviously, they made a different decision. They want to go a little glitz and glamour, um, but they better be able to to outscore teams uh, and block teams this year, based off of uh, what they did in the first three rounds.
1: So the real question is: is Are you ready to apologize to me?
3: No, never. I'm you sure you don't want to I, say I, you say you're could, sorry. Just
0: because you said it doesn't mean that it's like they could bomb. Riverside. sorry. Cause I'm missing more than your body.
1: You, you just say it, Sean. It feels so good to admit when you're wrong and just say you're sorry.
3: Say no, sorry. I, there's nothing to be
1: wrong about. It's still stupid. No,
3: you apologize.
0: It's too late to say I'm sorry now. Oh.
1: Okay, so he's not going to apologize. We'll, we'll work on that for the next episode. Hopefully hopefully it's next week. It's too late we'll...
0: to apologize. <laughs> oh,
1: wow. Mark's it's got them too all, late. all. <laughs> We'll move on to a couple day three players that I want to talk about real quick and see how they fit with their teams and whether or not they can be impact players for your fantasy squads. I think they can be. Uh, first guy we want to talk about, Joe Williams for the 49ers. Joe Williams with a running back out of Utah who had some issues off the field, ended up allegedly quitting on his team, but it ended up that he had some issues, uh, family issues that caused him to take some time away from the game. And and Mark, what what bowl game was it where he absolutely was it US, UCLA? He crushed like over three hundred yards.
0: I don't know. I, I don't. <laughs> I I I, don't, I I will say this. I just like the situation for Joe Williams, but I don't actually know that. But uh, yeah, I mean, I like the situation for him. He's he has talent. That's the one thing. Draft those guys late in the, in the draft that have talent. Maybe it yeah. comes alive.
1: So, Joe Williams ran for 222 yards and a touchdown in the Foster Farms Bowl. So, they beat Indiana. Uh, I I thought there was a bigger game against UCLA, but I must have misread that. But, uh, yeah, I mean, Carlos Hyde has not been able to stay on the field consistently. New regime, so maybe they are potentially drafting his replacement. I don't know if Joe Williams fits that mold of a true RB1, but he's likely to be a second-round pick in your fantasy drafts and rookie-only drafts, so he's definitely not going to be an overly expensive player. So if you're able to grab him for cheap, I, I suggest it just based on the, the potential. Um, a yeah, Luke, too.
0: Luke, too, Kyle Shanahan had two running backs last year in Atlanta with – right with coleman and freeman so you would probably and it got him to the super bowl should have won the super bowl obviously but you got to think to him he's probably thinking if carlos keeps getting hurt let's take another guy and then ease him into it kind of like it's tevin coleman
1: well and they also traded for capri bibbs who was with the broncos last year which isn't a sexy name by any means, but he was solid in a few games, so maybe he could turn around and, and be that compliment running back as well. But uh, either it depends way, depends on how sexy you think Capri Pants are, really. Well, I mean, or, or Capri Suns. It's all up to you. Ooh, remember, the, I remember that? The girls uh, in elementary school drinking Capri Suns back in the 90s? Those are
0: good Pacific old. Civic Cooler. Pacific hey, Luke, cooler. Here's,
3: a, here's a team uh, just you know, with what they did late rounds. Green Bay did the old. Like, let's take three running backs and two right. receivers and get one running back and one wide receiver out of this, hopefully. And, you know, I think you've got to be leery in drafting for fantasy purposes. But for, for as they get through it all and as you watch that training camp and preseason unfold, there could be between Jamal Williams, Aaron Jones, and Devontae Mays, one of those guys that overly stands out that just fits their system – and then D'Angelo Yancey, and the guy that in the seventh round that probably you would have thought those two would have been flipped is Malachi Dupree. You no, know, Mark liked him a lot. Five star. Well, I, I didn't talent. like him.
0: I didn't like him. I just saw. I just saw that the Browns worked him out, and the Browns made some comments on him, so I thought the Browns would take him. But I didn't like him. His arms are too skinny.
3: He is. He is overly skinny. But <laughs> so between those two, you know, maybe a little Devontae Adams from late round type um, be, between them. So I, it's very clear that. Grieve wanted to take five guys with the hope maybe of keeping three on their football team through cuts.
1: Well, and and the Packers are one of those teams, too, where you keep an eye on whoever they draft because they are known to just produce fantasy studs. Uh, a guy like Jared Aberderis back in the day was always a name that people kept on the back burner if they had deep rosters on their fantasy squad. They kept him around as a speculative play simply because, hey, he could turn into a fantasy stud someday. Last year we saw it with Devontae Adams. He struggled in year two back in 2015, but 2016 broke out Pushed 1,000 yards, receiving, had 12 touchdowns. Um, so you definitely want to keep an eye on all those players on explosive offenses. Uh, for example, Willie Sneed in, in New Orleans, too. So just uh, just to throw names out there. But I will mention this. The Packers starting running back right now is Ty Montgomery. And they cut Kristen Michael, who they brought back this offseason. So these rookie running backs definitely have an opportunity to shine next year. And uh, like you said, Sean, definitely keep an eye on them during preseason. See who's getting the you know the, the early reps in, in preseason games. See who's getting all the time in camp. Uh, because one of these players definitely could turn into a solid fantasy contributor. But I think the day three player that could really end up being... This year's diamond in the rough is Samaje Perrine for the Redskins. He dropped a little bit to the fourth round, I believe. And the Redskins really have absolutely nothing in front of him. They got Rob Kelly, who was just a guy last year and only played well because only had the opportunity to play well because Matt Jones kept on fumbling away all his opportunities. And Chris Thompson's nothing more than a third down back. So I really like the opportunity for Perrine to step in. I, kind of, I currently have him as a late first-round pick in rookie drafts, but I think he could definitely uh, outplay that draft value once he eventually wins the starting job. I would not be surprised if he's the number one running back come week one. Uh, Sean, what are your thoughts on Preen and, and his opportunity to be a solid contributor for fantasy squads this year?
3: Yeah, I agree with that. I, I liked him. I had him as kind of a tied-for-fifth-ranked running back in the draft. Uh, maybe maybe behind uh, Mixon as as things, but it, it sometimes it depends on fit a little bit. I think he fits in with them particularly well. About Washington, for where they drafted and how much kind of li- limited capital or or pick equity they had, they actually came out with a fantastic call uh, with who they pulled into their squad to kind of help refortify some of their gaps and and issues. So I thought that was big. Um, so I, I think it helps them a lot. I think he's going to get a bulk of carries. I don't think he's much of a pass catcher, but in that system, he's got the um, – the uh, who, who's the hill for Cincinnati? Um, Jeremy Hill. Jeremy Hill. He's got a lot of that to him, maybe more uh, squattier and smallish, but, but just as thick, if not thicker. So I think there's a potential for a lot of similarities between uh, – Hill's rookie year output and, and what what Pirine might be able to deliver as well.
1: I think I you're going to see, gonna see a, a lot of similarities between uh, Perrine and uh, Alfred Morris because of the uh, the late draft pick and also the Redskins. It's going to be and they're both like you said the the, the lower, bigger, thicker guys. Uh, so I, I wouldn't be surprised if we saw a lot of Alfred Morris comparisons. Mark, you had to take on I, this?
0: I see. My- Michael Hart 2.0. I, I just don't see I don't see any type of explosiveness. He doesn't hit the hole hard enough. I just I I have the different takes from you guys. I just don't see it. I don't the one thing I don't understand is is Washington ever going to get their run game set again? They had it Quinn Portis. Yeah, I mean Alfred Morris was kind of a he was all right for one season, maybe two, two year guy, but Yeah, yeah two-year guy and then he just died off. Uh, so I don't know. Are they? I thought I thought Washington should be a team that should go get a veteran or something to try to patch gap a couple of years or something, but they didn't. Obviously, Adrian Peterson would have been great for them for two years, and what paying four million a year? Yeah. So, what yeah, a, you, uh,
1: if you're a veteran, though, do you want to play for Washington right now? That team is the definition of a dumpster fire at this point. What?
0: What? 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 If Adrian Peterson goes there. Then, it might be a totally different outlook on how you want to approach things. I mean, maybe you keep Deshaun Jackson, you extend the, you extend the passing game, but Pierre Garceau do go. I don't know. San Francisco obviously overpaid him. They got Terrell Pryor. So, if you would have kept Deshaun Jackson, he's the only guy for me that I think that would have held him out for another three, four years in terms of stretching the defense. As long as you keep Kirk Cousins, that's a fine situation. So, We'll I don't see. think it's just we'll, that bad. We'll
1: see how that, that whole story plays out. It's not so much the players there. It's just more how that team is run. Uh, that's well-documented now between the power struggles between the team president, the uh, the owner, Daniel Snyder, obviously, and – Well, their general the manager was GM. getting hammered. Yeah, the former, the former, the former GM agent. was getting hammered. Right, right. I'm so, ready again, to talk
0: some Patriots. I, I don't I'm know if, ready to talk some
1: I don't patriots know if we're allowed draft. to talk Patriots right now, Patriots they draft right now. Two
0: good draft picks that I really like that I want to address.
1: All right, let's talk about him. What, what, who are they taking? What do you like about him?
0: They took Derek Rivers, a defensive end at Youngstown State that has D one written all over him. He obviously went to D. Uh, uh, he went to FBS, uh, Youngstown State. He literally him and another DN. I forget who was that other DN, Sean, that they had that he got drafted to? They took them to the national Dietrich championship. Weiss. Yeah,
3: Dietrich Wise for Arkansas.
0: Yes. No. 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 I'm talking about. Oh, the you're other- saying for
3: for Youngstown State? Yeah, I can't remember.
0: Yeah, yeah, he had another DN. He got drafted. But I, I like this kid, and I think he's what the Patriots like in terms of, like, he can stand up and he's athletic enough to to sit in some coverages and stuff. I, I'm going to throw a name out there. He ha- doesn't have this guy's body type, and he's not a, even close to a freak of a talent. But I think of the way the style that they're going to like him to play. They're going to like him to play like a Willie McGinnis type style, where he can play outside linebacker and come off the edge when when they know teams are passing, or they yeah, can move I him more around. Ninkovich.
3: So. I, I thought he was a little bit more Ninkovich in size no, and n- stature. No,
0: well, Ninkovich Nick, is more. Yeah, I mean, I think of Ninkovich. I don't know. I don't. I, I don't see that with him. I see him being a little bit more athletic. So Derek Rivers, uh, Sean, do you want to touch on Derek Rivers at all at, uh, before I get to to Garcia? No. <laughs> okay. Uh, Garcia, I, I'll tell you what. I was watching the Senior Bowl stuff all week, and I wrote his name down, Antonio Garcia, because I thought he was violent. I thought he was mean. When they went through drills, he engaged dudes, and he tried to. I mean, he tried to hurt dudes. I am I like this dude's aggressive nature. I like his size. I think he's a perfect fit for the Patriots and Luke, he probably already told his New England buddies, I was all over this pick. The only thing that I screwed up with this pick was, I thought that they would pick him in the back end of the first middle second if they came up or traded or anything. I thought that was his range of where he was going. They just got him in the third round and they obviously wanted him because they traded back up to that position, I believe. But In no means, do I think the Patriots blew the draft up because they don't do that. That's not their thing, and nor do they have to when they win so many freaking games and they have the pieces coming in free agency and how they do it with coaching. But when you talk about them adding a couple pieces on things that they could use, they got the tackle, bam, that's huge. They got another guy that they think can rush the passer. So for me, I I really like what New England did. I'm not doing graph grades or anything like that. But I think with what they did and how they played it, I think they played it the right way with those two players.
1: Hey, I'll take any sort of compliments, any which way towards me. Even if it's about just my football team from Mark Zustin. So thank you for that. What's the um,
3: Northeast
0: Ohio? You got a Northeast Ohio, hey, Ohio Katie. What are the lunch?
3: New York? What are the New York Jets doing?
0: We're not. I'm not done with this. I want Luke's take on New England Patriots oh, really God. quick, and then we'll, well get to the uh, shitty team on the other side.
1: <laughs> my take on New England Patriots are in typical Bill Belichick fashion. I haven't heard of any of the guys that he drafts, but all the faith is in Bill Belichick and you know i i i believe in what he what he does on draft day and that includes the moves leading up to draft day and bringing the most electric receiver the Patriots have seen since Randy Moss and Brandon Cooks and trading for Dwayne Allen who's an underappreciated big body tight end um and trading for Coney Ely, who is Carolina's cast off. So, uh, you know, I don't know enough about the the guys that they drafted, but the guys that they traded for leading up to the draft, I am very excited about. And Brandon Cooks, while he might not get 70, 80 catches like he would in New Orleans, I still fully expect about 1,300 yards receiving potentially and, you know, double-digit touchdowns because he's going to get a ton of single coverage Going against Rob Gronkowski and the rest of the weapons on the New England offense, so gotta uh,
0: stay healthy. Gotta stay healthy. Uh, well, and
1: Brandon Cooks generally is healthy. The last two seasons, he's been healthy oh, I'm, I'm the talking, part,
0: so. talking about Gronk. I'm talking oh, about Gronk. Gronk. You know, right? No,
1: hundred percent, hundred percent. But I'm excited for the Patriots again. You know, quote I'm not going what I'm expecting another Super Bowl run here as uh, Brady goes into the twilight of his career, as Burris said earlier. But again, I will say this: the The Browns were still trying to get Jimmy Garoppolo and they got a bunch of first round picks or a bunch of draft capital for 2018. So I don't think that these Jimmy Garoppolo rumors are dead, especially if Brady plays well again this year. I still think that there's a plan in place that nobody knows except for the people in New England, because if if Garoppolo wanted out, he'd be squawking by now. And um I just think that I think that we're going to see Jimmy Garoppolo under center for the Patriots sooner than we expected but it's uh it's still going to be the AFC East goes through New England. We can talk about the Bills, we can talk about them cutting or uh, firing their scouts and their GM the day after the draft which makes no sense to me. We can talk about the Jets and what the hell they're doing with their dumpster fire of a team. That that
0: division is an abortion,
1: and it's always been bad. That's the thing. It's all like, my Brady has,
0: god, Brady
1: has these amazing win totals because the AFC East has always been so terrible. And uh, you know, you only play what your schedule dictates every year, so people can bitch all they want about an easy schedule, but uh, yeah, I don't know, I don't know what any of those teams are doing. Um, <sighs> I'm good with it. I'm happy with it. Uh, I'll keep on cheering for the Patriots as they uh, continue to make some runs here in the NFL. But, gentlemen, we got after the NFL draft and talked about fantasy football. I mentioned previously in the episode that we have put together some rankings. Those rookie rankings will be dropping. I know some of you already have your rookie drafts now that we've seen the NFL draft. I have a rookie draft coming up here soon. So we'll be sure to keep you informed with all of our rankings, any news that breaks. Just follow us on Twitter at Glory Podcast, on Facebook, The Never Ending Glory Podcast. Subscribe to us on iTunes. Follow us on SoundCloud. Be sure to rate us. Tell all your friends. Tell your mom. Tell your wife. Tell your girlfriend. Tell your brother. Tell your sister. Hell, tell your dog. I don't care. But keep on listening. Uh, we're going to continue. Codeine. We're just getting, we're codeine. Just, tell tell a little codeine about us, but we're just getting started. This is the time the Never NeverEnding Glory podcast shines, and we're going to make sure as we get into our second season of podcasting that we're going to keep you guys ready to roll for your fantasy seasons and get you ready for the 2017 NFL season. Gentlemen, is the, the, night uh, is the
2: podcast over?
1: What, what
3: happened? We are not over what yet. What happened? Oh,
0: Ben Burris. <laughs> Wait, Any real tips, quick. Burris?
3: Real quick. I need a minute on Mark singing the praises of J- Jabril Pepper's potential.
0: All right, let's close it with that. So let's go. Let's hear it. I want to close it with Jerry Burris first. He's, he's been tending to
2: his son. Yeah, baby baby, life is much different now with a pod. Um, I almost named Ben Jabril legally. Uh, I, I think he's got a ton of potential as one of those Swiss Army knife guys. and I think it's a great pickup. I'm actually all for it with, with uh, my boy Mark. That's, hey, we need some attitude. We need some Oh, I love the, that too. The young Bucks
0: call it swag. I don't call it swag. I call it confidence. We need it. He can hit. There's no there's no I there's no questions that he has the fiscality to play the position. He's athletic. He instantly upgrades our punt return game. You say to yourself, you're either going to take Malik Hooker at twelve, or you're going to take a first-round pick in Jabril Peppers at twenty-five. Looking at it this, would you week. rather have Jabril Peppers than a first or Malik Hooker? Hey, that's up to you, but I'll take. I like what we did. I like Jabril.
2: La- last thing about Peppers is this: the majority of defensive snaps, you're going to be a nickel personnel anyway. So why not have a guy that's used to playing the alley, playing down in the run support, and can cover a little bit if you need him to, and he can do all the things in special teams like we talked about. So I'm all for it. And if he hits, Cleveland will
0: love number 27, Peppers. If he hits, Cleveland will love. I don't like the number either, but he will, he'll be a star. He is, his personality fits Cleveland people. It will hit, it'll be a home run.
1: Home run. Speaking of home run, you know this is a home run podcast. If we start it with the Browns and finish it with the Browns, so gentlemen, let's just end it now. I want to break down Howard Wilson technique along with Roger Johnson. Oh
0: my god! End it, Luke. End it.
1: All right, we're done, Luke. We gone. We gone. Keeping in, keep in tuned for next week. We'll yeah, keep on talking about those NFL those Zane rookie Gonzalez. rankings. Gonzalez, he's going to be the next all-star kicker. Oh, God. We'll talk about those rookie rankings next week. Be sure to find them on Twitter and Facebook. We'll be producing them here soon. So thank you for listening. We'll talk to you guys next week.